This is John Collins, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Fulham Circus Podcast. I'm your ringleader tonight. Scott Parker is your clown. And with his team selection this evening, he could be walking the tightrope towards the sack as he's juggled the team around to include some absolute buffoonery. That being said, somehow we got a point. I may have spent more time thinking up circus puns than watching the game, but too many were watching very closely at Matt Dom and Don Love, and I have them both with me tonight. Say what you want about us, but this is the greatest show. Let's go, lads. Fulham. All right. So, Tim, Ream and Joe Bryan were back in the side. Mitrovic wasn't in the squad. Fans were back in the stadium. Lots of us Fulham fans shaking our heads in absolute disbelief before the game from our sofas. What were you thinking as the teams were announced, lads? It's uh, kind of welcome to the championship, right? <laughs> I mean, half of that team, barring barring the few loans that that still were in there, and Angisa, you kind of think, well, maybe Scott is looking at his options for next year because all of a sudden Joe Bryan's back in the team. All of a sudden. Tim Ream's back in the team. Players all over the shop. We've got Lamina at centre back. I mean, honestly, I think I think as Matt Arthur in the chat said, oh, Lamina's going to play at centre back. And we were like, what the fuck are you on about, mate? And there we go. There he was. Just bizarre. And as you've just said, it, it ended up in a point. And let's face it, a decent performance, really, all things considered. But, you know. But what on earth? I, I, I can't get my head round what he was thinking playing Tim Ream. Like, if you're thinking about next season, Tim Ream's out of contract in the summer. He's probably going to yeah, be on his true. way. So why not play Hector? Well, I just, I just don't understand it. And then Lamina at centre-back and put Anderson on the bench. Lamina's on loan. What are you doing? What is that about? Come on, Don. You're a, you're a tactics man. Talk us through it, mate. I, I can't see the tactics on this one. I'm sorry. Uh, I can only think, and so I went online, you know, when I was reading through the different forms uh, when the team selection came out. Obviously, everybody online was just going nuts, pulling their hair out. You could just see through the uh, the screen. People were upset, couldn't understand anything. It was just adding fuel to the fire for Parker out, Parker out, and everything else. Um, all I could think of is, Okay, we know that um, Robinson's got a knock. He's, you know, so that that's why Brian came in, and and that made sense to me. I, I have no problem with with Brian playing, and I thought he actually had a very good good match there. I know a lot of people think that uh, he's not Premier League quality, but I, I thought he did decent against a United team that obviously wasn't up to par. They they were not on all hitting all gears and all and, and you know just full out. But for for Ream, I can't but help but wonder. If this is his goodbye tour, United and, and Newcastle, he'll play. And it's his goodbye. Hey, thanks for, for being a, a steward of the club and doing so much for us. And then he, he'll be off to the MLS, you know, uh, back to probably Chicago Fire, if I had to guess. Um, other than that, I can't really say, though, w- with the fact that he did start, I didn't think he actually had that bad of a game. He had some moments where he was actually – the old Tim Ream, he can still pick a pass out and stuff like that. And he reads the game well. His pace, though, he got caught out so many times, it wasn't funny. So uh, who knows why uh, Parker picked him to begin with. But I'm before I stop, and I'm on a rant here, okay, I know Danny and, and several of you guys 
are all on this Hector. What you know? Why isn't Hector playing? Or you know, why don't we do this? I think you guys are going to be shocked next season if Hector is the guy that starts in center as, as a center back pairing. Everybody's going to start out with, "Oh, yay, Hector's back!" He's you know, we're going to see uh, uh, something here. I think a few games in, and all of a sudden, people are going to start calling for his head, wondering what is this guy doing? He's not even championship level quality. Okay, and I say that because I've just seen him recently play the U.S. Uh, if you know Jamaica against U.S. and uh, once again, and I've said this before, even when we were playing in the championship, he's a red card waiting to happen. He really is. He is not what everybody seems to make him out to be, and so I'll get all kinds of stick. I don't care. I'm I'm calling it right now. He's not going to be what everybody's looking for. We've got to find something different and something better. I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure anyone is claiming Hector's the answer. Um. But you can't deny it. Last season, we improved a huge amount when he came into the team, and I reckon with a full season behind him, who knows? I think he's more than good enough for the championship. I, I, I disagree entirely that he's not up to championship level. Um, but I guess I guess we'll see, won't we? I wouldn't be surprised if Tim Ream got another another year in his contracts. And it, it was it was nice to see that um, someone's legs move so quickly, but their body body moves so slowly, right? Because I've never seen that. Like, he was like like Roadrunner out there. His legs just going over, going all over the shop, and and attackers just just flying past him. But um, yeah, it's nice to see him again. I, I don't mind Tim Ream. I, I don't mind Tim Ream, and I didn't have a problem with his performance at all. But I was just absolutely baffled by the fact that he was selected tonight. Just over the fact that Anderson was on the bench and just, well, let's play Lamina at, at centre-half. It just it just made absolutely no sense. Fair play to Tim Ream. Um, but, you know, it, it was just a very confusing decision. Go on, Dom. Well, I've, I've mentioned this in the past, okay, and this is something that Tim Ream and his family have, have really got to sit down and think about. Uh, and this is something that made uh, the players like Dempsey and other ones say I, it's time for them to go back to the States, like Brian McBride. The reason they chose to leave and go back to the States when they did. The school system there in the UK is much different than it is here in the United States. So the, I, from what I understand, Tim Reams are at that point where they got to make a decision. OK, now is the time where they can come back in the United States and they can ease back in fairly easily, whereas it's my understanding there's a big difference somehow and it becomes harder for the kids to come back and transition. So I, I personally would be surprised if Tim Ream extends his contract. I think this is the goodbye and he goes back to the MLS. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I, I think everyone will wish him well. And like I said, I've got absolutely no problem with Tim Ream, but just very, very confused by, by the fact that he was back in tonight considering the other options we had available and the other loan players that, that stayed in the side. Um, but we'll possibly come on to them later. Let's talk about the opening goal, the Edison Cavani strike from 50 yards out. Of course, the finish was superb, but for what it's worth, the defending was a bit crap, wasn't it? Plus, Graham Souness, who I absolutely can't stand, seems to think that uh, Fernandez didn't get a touch on it, so it should have been offside anyway. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, he was offside. Definitely offside. Yeah. yeah, there's 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 nowhere near. He, I mean, he's near touching the ball, but he doesn't touch the ball. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to take away the finish because it was what a goal, a great goal to witness. And um, but it was offside, wasn't it? I mean, if we're if we're getting into the whole analysing every single inch, 
and every single you know getting the getting the rulers out and all that kind of shit then I don't see why they haven't done it there but but that that wasn't even let's get the rulers out and check that was nah, did, did no. Fernandez touch it or didn't he because if he didn't then he's probably a meter offside there's if, probably if some he'd, if he'd have gotten a touch that ball would have gotten a little bit of a different direction of yeah. some sort there was no misdirection on that ball it just continued right through so for me two things on that goal beautiful goal very Clint Dempsey like, you know how he just uh, the goal. You know what I mean? He read the goal he was out and he just chips everybody. And well, I'm just telling you, Clint Dempsey has done it several times in his in his career. We've seen him do it. So you know, for me, all I can think of, yep, that's a Clint Dempsey type goal. But the other thing for me is, again, VAR. If that roles have been reversed and that had been Fulham, I'm sorry, I think VAR would have sat on that damn thing, looked at every stinking angle until they said it was offside. They barely looked at, it, said, yep, good goal. So that's two things that really upset me was how they just kind of washed it under and said, whatever. Well, firstly, let's call it Mickey Conroy-esque rather than Clint Dempsey-esque. <laughs> um, and uh, and secondly, decisions like that are what can relegate some teams. But thankfully, we've been absolute dog shit all season and we're, we're more than and relegated. You're right. And it doesn't matter ago, in the so end. Don't make any bloody difference to us, does it? We nope. were down weeks ago, so there we go. Exactly. And the, the narrow the narrow decisions all went in our favour recently as well, and we still fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, I did hear, you know, when they were talking about, we're talking about VAR, that was the referee's last match. He is now going to become yeah. a permanent VAR referee. Yeah. Good, so, good for him. That as well. Yeah, good for him. He's got a face for the radio, Lee Mason, hasn't he? So good. <laughs> all right, Harrison Reed went off injured in the first half, so on came Anderson to relieve Lamina from playing uh, centre-half. I expect that's redone for the season now, isn't it? There's no point in bringing him back in for the Newcastle game. And hopefully he'll stay injured for a little bit over the summer. So it will ward off any potential suitors. The commentators, I, I did hear the commentators say that um, it, it was a fresh injury. It wasn't the one that he had been nursing the last time around. So you're right. He's, he's probably done. I doubt we see him for Newcastle. How would they know that? Out of interest. Uh, it was, I don't know, like five minutes later into the game, all of a sudden the commentators oh, okay. here in the, in the States said, uh, yeah, we just got word. It, it's a fresh injury. It's it's not the same one he's been carrying or, or he's had to deal with here in the past. So hopefully, again, it's nothing serious. Uh, he'll stay healthy through the, the, the summer and he'll be our shining star, maybe even our captain, I would think, uh, at least on the pitch. Um, maybe not team not captain. You not know, a bad it, shout. That's not a bad shout, Harrison Reed for captain. I could totally see it. Yeah, yeah, fair play. That ain't going to be Kearney, is it? Because he <laughs> can't be captain from the bloody treatment table all the time. Anyway, um, Fabio Carvalho. Is that how you say it, Fabio Carvalho? Yeah. Yeah. It when I looked nice. it up, they they, they pronounce it Cavalio. Cavalio. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, he should have quite simply scored before the break anyway, shouldn't he? What happened? Yeah, he's. I mean, the keeper hasn't even parried it away. He's just grabbed it straight out, hasn't he? Just, that just is a, a simple cap. Yeah, yeah, back pass. I mean, I'm not going. I'm not going to be harsh on the lab because I think I said in the group chat to everyone, how many of our players have been making that run all season? I, I can't. I can't remember many occasions where we've created that kind of chance with a through ball. You know, with the 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 winger coming getting around the outside of the defender and getting the ball into the gap. Bad finish, sure, but he scored in the last game. And um, I thought he showed 
a great deal in that first half as well. I think he's I think he's a real talent. And um, my question is why why so late in the season to play him? I mean, I, I get he's young, and you don't want to throw them into the into the deep end or, or whatever the reason might be. But he's clearly got a lot of talent, and what potentially it means Lukman doesn't have to start every game if if you've got a player who can who can play in that position as well, and you've got two good quick players who can make an impact from the bench I don't know I, I, I don't see the logic in keeping a player who's got that much talent until the end of the season when you're already relegated but there we go well isn't that what uh Stato and, and Baldwin were saying in the last pod was that you know there's no clear path for the U18 to U23 to the first team right now and that that's something they, they'd like to see change so who, who knows why he hasn't been played sooner I, I would agree in that first half, anything that looked really good in the match, anything that had the ball going forward, he was involved in. Um, the only thing I would say is, you know, in this, you know, because he's only 18, maybe just a little bit more weight, you know, and uh, to, to his body. And he, he could be a fantastic player. I mean, he looks very positive every time he's got the ball. So I, well, I, I really hope he sticks around. Really hope he sticks around and we see him next season. If you're listening, Fabio, I can hook you up with Matt Baldwin's number. He'll be able to help you put some weight on. <laughs> Richmond's all round. <laughs> Morning, Baldo. Uh, on the hour, the Sky commentator said there will come a point when, having already been relegated, that Fulham should go for it and find a hero, or words to that effect. Immediately, Adamola Lutman found himself in behind the defence and tried to beat the Gaia at his near post rather than squaring it to Bobby Reed. A hero that man is not. Get him out. Good riddance. Send him back. Don't try and sign him. What are your thoughts? Adam Ola-Lutman. So, okay, again, uh, if we're looking at supposedly, you know, uh, Parker's pre-press com- comments were that he was looking to play some players and see about things for next season. Okay, if that was the case, why Lookman? Unless, are you thinking he might get a contract and we're going to bring him back in permanently or something? I mean, I would think he's back off to... Leipzig, you know, Germany and everything, and just goodbye. So I was really a little disappointed that he was in the in the starting 11, you know, because, I, I again, I don't see what he brings at this point. And you could tell, even in the second half, he was getting frustrated with himself, you know, bad passes, uh, the ball not doing what he wanted at his feet. So uh, goodbye. I, I, I agree. I think that's the end of him, hopefully. <laughs> Again, we'll come back to the starting lineup. Anderson was left out, probably our player of the season, if not, you know, Ariola. He's left out. Lookman carries on playing. It, I just do not understand the logic. I, I guess I guess the answer is who else? Cavanero? Anyone? Anyone? Cavanero? Well, is Josh Onama hurt? Well, he's not well, he no, playing the left wing, can he? Well, why not? He, he, Parker Parker plays anybody everywhere. So, <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. That's true. Lamina, why, not, why not Congolo, I suppose? Lamina was playing centre half tonight. So, why not? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, you, you want to see what's going on next season. There's a player that's probably going to be around next season, right? So, Josh Onema. You yeah. don't think so? He, he played in the last game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But yeah. still, if he's looking, oh, let's see some players that are going to be here for next season. What, what can they do? I, Where can I? It can't have been that because Zam. Zambo was playing, you know, the loans who were obviously going back. Apart from uh, there was obviously the rumors, there's been rumors that Lamina might stay, but I can't see it. 
um i'd be i'd be very surprised um and then and then as we said tim ream who's out of contract i don't think it was anything to do with next season apart from maybe it's just yeah just throwing some shit at the wall and seeing what sticks well it could be I like i said it's his it's his hurrah last hurrah tour and it's a chance for him to say well here's how i played you know in the last couple of games and for the mls teams to see and say yeah he's still got a little something you know we could use him so i just think it's it's a little maybe great for him. Up there as well then well, <laughs> lookman is back to germany i would think for sure Belgium, isn't it? Uh, one of those. I thought he was in the Bundesliga. <laughs> At any rate, hey, back to the lineup. Uh, you know, we keep kind of, you know, we're putting down the way the lineup was and everything. But tell me, you weren't thinking in the beginning when you saw it, and if you went online to Google or when I looked went online to NBC, they really had us down as playing, you know, only with the three back. I really thought it was going to be a hiding. I thought we were going to be down two, three, zero in the first half. So. It is what it is. We only went down one. Now, maybe part of that is Anderson came on and he really shored things up. But I, I think it's more that thing that nothing to play for anymore, is there? I mean, you can get you can get a one-all draw at Old Trafford if you've been, you know, you're relegated with ten-point gap. It doesn't it it doesn't matter. And that I think that's all there was to it. I think United can't can't win the league anymore, can they? So. No one really, neither team had really anything to play for, and it just sort of played out into a draw. I think, I think if we, if we were had got that result and we were to get four three points behind Newcastle for the end of the last game of the season, then then amazing result. But as it is, who cares? One more draw at Old Trafford, no one's going to remember it next season, are they? Right, a couple of things. Uh, Leipzig is in Germany. My geography is um, obviously not a strong point. <laughs> and secondly, just talking about teams being miles adrift at the bottom of the league, just thought we'd do an Abubaka Kamara pulse check. Let's see how Dijon are getting on. They are currently bottom of the league with a game to play on 18 points, and they are 17 points behind the team above them. So, yeah, he's he's done an absolute brilliant job there. It's a shame he didn't stay <laughs> Fire us for safety as well. well, well it's good to just... 15, 15 points from relic from safety if he was if he had stayed. Always good to just slag off a Bubaka Kamara just to make yourself feel better. He'll be back next season. Whoop de doo. Oh. Um again, speaking of absolute donkeys, it was good to see Loftus Cheek replace Carvalho just after the hour, wasn't it, lads? What a lone sign in he's been. Come on, let's let's slag off Ruben Loftus Cheek. Fuck off back to Chelsea, mate. I, I'm sorry, but when he came on the pitch, it was the epitome of a player who just doesn't give a crap. He barely ran around unless he got the ball to his feet. He couldn't be bothered. If you watch several times, we give Cavalero crap, you know, as, oh, he's not good enough, he's not good enough. But if you watch, like, when there was break going on because we put players forward and United was coming at us, he busted his ass to get back into the at least somewhat of a def- defensive position and help out. Loftus cheek couldn't be bothered. He just was trotting around like a studded little horse, ready to be paraded out and studded. You know, he he was nothing, nothing, offers nothing. We we can we can cut that that uh, thirty seconds of Don speaking there and and paste it into any previous pod this season, can't we? Talking about Loftus yeah. cheek. I mean, for yeah. fuck's sake. I'm sorry. Get, I just get, I, get back. I, to I will Chelsea. never understand why he was brought in. Never. He hasn't even had to go far. He hasn't even had to travel far to play for us, has he? That's how lazy he is. <laughs> 
It's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. When we when he signed, I remember everyone was really excited. Thinking, bloody hell, this is like because it was deadline day, wasn't mm-hmm. it? It came out of nowhere. Like, bloody hell, we got Loftus cheap. This could be really exciting. And then he, we even gave him the benefit of the doubt. Like, he's done nothing for the first few games, but all right, the team weren't performing. And then now it's just still you look back and think, probably <laughs> one of the shittest loan signers we've ever made. But worse than Scherler. Because at least Scherler oh, scored a few worldies. Sure. Sure. Remind me for how much. Remind me for how much. I'm just just to throw salt in the wound. How much was 150, it? 150000 a week. Is that what he gets? I think that's what he gets. I don't know if we pay all of it. I hope we fucking don't pay all of it, but he's not getting another contract like that, is he? Let's face it. I mean, no. he's he started. He started. He came. He came into the team injured. Fair enough. Takes a few games to get going, as as you just said. And then he sort of he sort of shows a bit of strength on the ball, and he's like, oh, maybe there's something there. The other players just aren't quite on his level, and all that kind of stuff. And then he misses a couple of chances. You know, oh. He's not really a finisher. That's not what he, that's not what he does. And then here we are <laughs> at the end of the season. We're like, oh, actually, yeah, no, he's just shit, isn't he? He looked all right for England at the. Time. He looked all right for England at the last World Cup, though. <sighs> yeah, well, I mean, sure. I got convinced by my my mate who's a Palace fan, who absolutely loves him. He's like, oh yeah, he was great for us. He, he he's a good signing. He'll do well for you. And then a couple of weeks ago, he actually said, "Do you know what? I've thought about it again." <laughs> Actually, he only showed up right at the end of the season. All right, cheers, mate. You've, you've given me, you've given me hope for no reason whatsoever. Well, he didn't show up at the end of our season, did he? No, no, no. That was he the hope that there was, there was just enough time that he was gonna, he was gonna sort of flounce around and save the day and then look really good for everyone else. But no, he didn't even do that, did he? No, he definitely didn't. All right, well, I've got a lot off my chest tonight, but. Bloody hell, we did, we did get a point at Old Trafford tonight. Manchester United have had a, a pretty decent season. Joe Bryan scored his first goal since Wembley with 15 minutes to go. A goal constructed in Bristol with the assist coming from Bobby Reid. A nice moment out of nowhere, really, Don. I, I thought it was brilliant. You know, and it, this is where I, I, I don't always read the chat, the, the WhatsApp chat during the, uh, the game because you guys, if we get scored on, there's you know, all these messages and it distracts me and everything. And you're always, you guys are always there. So I I wasn't really listening, but I happened to glance down to look at the chat and J-Mac is, you know, loving up on on Brian and how everything is going. And all of a sudden he scores and he's like, you know, J-Mac's got, got it right on, on when it comes to Brian, he he probably could play as a winger and keep Robinson in the back. Well, I'm just telling you, no. Brian looks really good in the attack. I could see that happening. No, no we're talking he's... Parker. We're talking Parker. You got to think like Parker. He's thinking, what? Well, how can I make this happen? I'll bet you that's what's going to happen. Robinson Even Scott become... Parker. I'll Even tell Scott you, Parker doesn't think Joe Bryan's a winger. That, what does that tell you? I'll, I'm I'm putting it out there. You heard it here first. Robinson will play a, a lot of times, more times than not, I think, as the uh, left back, and they'll put uh, Brian in front of him. If Joe Bryan next season regularly plays as a left winger, then we're not going to get anywhere near promotion. Yeah. No chance. I, I could I could see Parker in a lot of games playing that three in the back like we were doing, and then when they the other team breaks, we drop into a, a five in the back, and so Robinson is the third one in the back right now, and you you would have Bryan out there either playing you know the holding defender not, or the that's wing. That's not a winger though, is it? Well, it's, he's a wing still, back. And that- a he's, wing back, a wing back. Yeah, you're right. He's like a wing back, but still, it's going to be. I think Robinson will be your main left back, 
And as a wing back, winger, whatever you want to say, Brian will be, I think, out there. That's what I really think will happen. I think they just get in each other's way, to be honest. They're a little bit too similar. I think um, Robinson's yeah. better at getting up and down. The only the only benefit of Joe Bryan is that Joe Bryan's got a bloody good cross on him, which exactly. Robinson, Robinson doesn't have. But I, that you've got to remember, last last season, Joe Bryan got a lot of stick for a lot of the goals that we conceded because he was so far forward and couldn't get back. Um, I, I know Joe Bryan started out his career as a left winger um, and he was converted into a fullback at Bristol City. So I think that's kind of where these uh, these ideas come from. And of course, we did play that Robinson-Joe Bryan combo at Wolves away once. And we it was probably our, our the first decent performance we'd made of the season, um, yeah. even though we lost at Wolves. It was, um, but that was, that was because it was defensive, not yeah. because it was good going forward. They, yeah. they, those two, those two were, as as Don said, they they kind of went back into five, and and it worked because Wolves didn't threaten us on that side, but we still created nothing going forward. And in the championship, I think we're going to be expecting to win a lot more games. I hope we're expected to win a lot more games. Yeah. And if we start with those two, then then we're shooting ourselves in the foot. That's just, okay. So that's the way I think. so again, if we're going into the championship, and Tolson, who I think had a great game. Uh, the great match today. Uh, he he didn't really look that bad to me. He didn't look that bad. So if I, if you're looking at him saying, here's a player that could be, you know, one of the main center backs for next season and then have the potential if we go up, at least he's at a level that maybe we improve as we go up to the Premier League again, but he can at least be that squad player that can easily drop in and play when he needs to. So those are the kind of players you want to see right now is that kind of Tolson level. You know, we want to see that player that, he can not only play in the championship for us next year, but he could, if we get promoted, could easily step back into the Premier League, okay? So think about this. If Parker looks to get more aggressive, we, we go to look to win more games, and he's thinking, okay, we're going to play three in the back. As they break, the other team breaks, we, we drop back to the five to defend. Again, you're looking for Harrison Reed. You're looking for maybe Brian in there, you know, who are playing up from front of Robinson, Tolson. Now the question will be, who is Tolson's partner? Who is the going to be on the right side? We don't have Anderson anymore. So we really need to find that strong player again, who like Tolson can play in the championship. But if we do go up, we don't have to go and scrub the whole squad and start over and look for new players. They can make that step up at least to the premier league. Like what I'm talking about is like a Leeds. We want to be like a Leeds where the players can easily transition and you got to just bring in a few players to supplement. You know what I mean? That'd be nice, wouldn't one, it? <laughs> one other, one other thing about Joe Bryan is the, the the loving with Joe Bryan comes from the fact that he assisted Mitrovic so many times last season, but Mitrovic wasn't even in the squad today. Mitrovic is clearly not going to be at Fulham next season if Scott Parker's at Fulham. So it it all kind of hinges on who we bring in. We're going to need to sign a striker, and if it's going to be a target man then fine. Or is it going to be, I'm not suggesting we're going to go in for Dwight Gale, but somebody in that mould, you know, a, a faster player who can play off the shoulder. So, and if, you, if you're signing a player like that, then you don't really need a winger who's going to put crosses into the box. So much. No, that's true. No, but again, I'm a firm believer in don't do the same thing over and over and over. Okay. Yeah. I just think when you start doing that, you're going to get found out real quick. So you want... I'd love to have them find somebody who, you know, it's a faster Metro, 
You know what I mean? Somebody who can receive that ball and and play on the the shoulder of the player and you know has the speed to take him on. You know, I don't know that Dwight Gale is the guy that I really would want. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not saying sign Dwight Gale. I'm just saying okay. player okay. of in that mold. You know, okay. a faster player who can play on the shoulder sure. of defenders as opposed to a big, strong. Sure you know, bustling center forward who goes up for headers and, and wins a lot of balls in the air. That You know, the, there's a difference. The, the thing is, that we had such a struggle. We, we we play this way now that essentially needs that kind of forward that isn't Mitro, is that pacey, off the shoulder, good finisher that obviously Josh Madger isn't either, but more in that kind of mold, I suppose. And we had so much difficulty getting that player in uh, that that essentially the re- the reason we've gone down, I think, is because we didn't have that player, that exact player that we needed. Um, it's going to be even harder to get that player that we need in the championship, isn't it? It would really, yeah. it would really sit. It would really be bitter for me if Parker stays, and because of that, Mitro goes. Because what an asset that man is in the championship. He, he's he's. Yeah. More than Parker, I would say, is the reason we went up last season because he scored so many goals. And yeah, you, you if speak, I had the choice of the two, I would, I would, I would keep Mitro every day of the week. I've spoken to Danny about this um, privately quite a bit, and he thinks that Mitrovic performed last season in spite of Scott Parker and in spite of the tactics, and he got those goals. In you know, the team wasn't built around Mitrovic really because you had Knockart and Caviero who would cut in all the time and shoot. Yet Mitrovic still managed to score 26 goals, a lot of which he created himself, a lot of which were put on a plate for him by by Joe Bryan. But yeah, I, I kind of I kind of understand what you're saying there. Um, I, I personally, for what it's worth, I think Scott Parker will be here next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be surprised if he isn't. That's based on nothing but gut instinct. And I think you're right. I think if Scott Parker stays, then clearly there's there's been a falling out with Mitrovic, which you know we don't know the details of, as we've said many times on here. But it doesn't look like he's going to stay, which which is a bloody shame because I love Mitrovic more than I love Scott Parker for sure. Yeah, that's the thing, and it kind of it's kind of make, kind of makes you think if Mitrovic is the sort of striker that you have to fair enough, you need to play in a way that that suits him. But you do that because when when you do play in a way that suits him, he is damn prolific and he's damn good especially in the championship he scores every other week in the championship mm. what other player in our squad is worthy of building a team around and playing to their strengths we don't have anyone do we no we don't and you think about the types of goals particularly under Slavisa that he was scoring in that half a season he scored headers he scored close range goals he scored goals from outside the box he's you know he scored that goal against Wolves which he pinged in from miles out he scored the goal against Brentford um which he pinged in from a similar kind of um distance in that match that, that we ended up drawing and a player like that who can score all types of different goals like James Beattie always reminded me of that sort of thing because he mm. was a kind of fox in the box but he could score from 40 yards as yeah. well and, and good Mitchell, in the strong Exactly, yeah, and, and and that sort of player, as you say, is is such an asset, particularly at that level, um, that we we're just we're not going to find anybody as good as him. So getting rid of him is is going to be a massive, massive mistake. And yeah. I don't think we'll have any choice. I, you know, I, I agree with, with you, uh, Frenchie, that Parker's going to be here. I, I just don't see any change on that, um, and I know that upsets a lot of people. It is what it is, though. So again, I'm. We're all, most of us would say it, it, we're guaranteed that Mitro's leaving. It just it's the writing seems to be on the wall. So with that again in mind, again, 
if we do get somebody who, you know, God, you know, knows what, what we'll end up with, especially if we're, we're doing the stats crap shit, you know, where they got to tick two, three boxes before they can come in. I really want a player who can do both levels or, you know, at, at least get by in the premier league. So don't just bring in somebody in my mind for the, for the championship. Let's bring in somebody who is, would be considered a step up, hopefully, you know, and can easily at least be a squad player again once we go up. I, I don't want to just find somebody and drop them in. Here's a question for you about Mitro. How much do you think the pandemic has, um, has, has pl- how much of a part do you think that's played in the whole Mitrovic situation? Because imagine supporters were in the stadium at the cottage, Mitrovic is on the bench every week, warming up in front of the Hammersmith end. There's going to be boos and jeers if we're behind and he's warming up in front of us. Everyone's going to be singing Mitro, Mitro and singing Mitro's on fire, putting the pressure on to get him on the pitch. But because we haven't been there, there's been no pressure. So what do you reckon? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a part of it. Uh, he, he is that sort of player, isn't he, that when he feels loved as I'm sure he does in that Serbia team. That's why he's so so prolific for them as well. And and, and you can even include the whole New Year's party with uh, Milivojevic from Crystal Palace and all, and all that as well, can't he? That, yeah. that sort of, that seems to be the point where he's gone over the peak and, and his career with us is coming to an end. And that that was stupid of him. Uh, you know, let's not, let's not make any, any excuses for that. But, had had he done what had happened, had he had that week where he missed a penalty, gave away a penalty, and then missed a penalty for Serbia, and then come back to the cottage and had the support of the fans, it might that might have ended up differently. It really might have done, and and it's a shame because it's probably the last time we we've seen him. And if he plays against Newcastle, that might be the last time that fans get to you know uh, send you him can't. any appreciation. You can't leave him out on the last day of the season with fans in the stadium against Newcastle. That would just be a massive kick in the bollocks, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going on Sunday and I, you know, I'll, I'll stay at the end and for what it's worth, clap the players if they do some sort of lap of honour. But, you know, it, for, for a lot of those players, it's going to be goodbye. And, and particularly Mitro, I'd, I'd want to stay and clap him off. You know, I wonder what the odds would be if, if they were given that Mitro starts in, in, in the Newcastle match. I personally, I I don't. I could see Scott dropping him. I really could. Him can't, not you even can't making drop the, him if he's not playing. Well, yeah. I mean, but I just don't see. I'll bet you again he's sitting on the bench, maybe, and we clap him off at the. Or you guys get to clap him off at the end. But I could just see it happening. I I don't know. I just don't see him starting. I it's bet sort you of Scott that thing, isn't it? Where where um, you know, managers have got that. There's a player who either they they play too much who becomes their the reason for their downfall or they or there's a player who the fans love the whole club loves and they for, for whatever reason it might be we don't know the reason for whatever reason it might be decide that that to make a point you know i, I feel like that's what's hap- happening now with scott parker and it, it's led to a relegation it's not the only thing that's led to a relegation but it has led to a relegation and it's probably it might well lead to Parker not being at the club anymore. Who knows in the summer? But it, it's it's kind of that thing where last season it might have been him playing Onoma for too long. Onoma eventually came good, but before that point we were all saying, "Why the hell is this guy still starting games?" Yeah. 
it could have been that if we hadn't gone up, we'd have all looked back and gone, well, what was that all about? And this yeah. time it's, well, what's that all about? Why are you not playing this guy who's our only good striker? I don't know. It, it feels like that kind of moment to me where he's he's too stubborn on, on the Mitra issue and it, it's, it's ended badly for everyone. Yeah, it has. It has. All right. Well, let's let's move on. Um, Kenny Tete came on for Adamola Lutman at the end as Scott Parker continued the trend of inventing new weird formations to finish matches with. Um, but that being said, it was us in the ascendancy. And it, actually, it looked like we were the ones that might have nicked it at the end rather than Manchester United. What do you reckon? I, we did. I, you know, it, it was it was nice to see that you, it's something you actually wish we would have seen since December that, you know, a lot of these players were, were in it. We're, we're going to get this. So it's, it's nice to see, you know, against United, it's sad to see that it's taken this long for it to happen. In my mind, it should have happened a long time ago. So I, I, as far as the rest of the, the, the subs, you know, Again, I, I don't quite understand the subs today. I, mean, I guess he was looking to hold on to the one-one win, although it doesn't mean shit for us, you know. So why why are you trying to hold on to it instead? Why not go for it? Why why not throw on another attacker? He, he would definitely call it a one-one win as well, wouldn't he, Scott? Yeah, he would. He would say it's a one-one win, you know. <laughs> so at this at this point, you know, it's it's you almost wish Jay had been uh, what's his name? Um, who, who's the other U twenty three? You wish the other guy Sansfield. Yeah, that Baldo's been talking up would have been on the bench and they could have just lobbed him in and said, go for it, son. So I don't know. I, I didn't quite understand a lot of the subs today. Uh, and as we all, you know, from the get-go, the startup, none of us understood the startup. So and he's not going to be. be here next year, right? He's not going to be here. Who is that? Um, Who we put on there at the end. Uh, uh, say. Yeah. I mean, I he's going to he's gonna buy he's it. Gonna be here? I think he, his first his first few games he looked the business he was he was crossing really well but then maybe that's because Mitro is playing and yeah he looked quick he looked good defensively he's, he he is good in the tackle but I think he's a bit over I, I think he's a bit overrated personally but, but it's like I said he is a championship level player who could easily keep back and forth Premier he's League a championship League player but he yeah, could easily he's... drop in and be a squad player for the Premier League so that's not I a mean, bad person should... you know to keep around he, he I mean he's he for used to play for Ajax in the Champions League and Leon as well am I he's, he's in the Dutch squad for, for Dutch the squad. Euros he, he's in the yeah the provisional squad I mean he's he's a high level player um and I think I don't I don't think necessarily he's going to leave at all um, because I don't think it, he's, it all, I don't it think he's depends, proven enough. But it depends what's in his contract. Because if yeah, he's got course, a relegation yeah. release, if he's got a relegation release, then he'll go. If he hasn't, then he's contracted and he'll stay. And he'll be an excellent player in the championship. But bearing mm-hmm. in mind, we've got Stephen Sess coming back, and we've also got Cyrus Christie coming back. We've got Dennis Adoy. We've got quite a few right backs. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. if Kenny Tete stays, he's first choice. But if he doesn't, then they are our options. And Bobby Reed, of course, and anybody else. Back to having anybody a whole half squad of right backs and none of them any good. Great. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quite. Well, let, let's hope Kenny Tete stays because uh, I like him and I don't think I don't think we've seen the best of him this season. And yeah. I think he could really shine in um 
at that level. And, you know, it's not like he's not like an Anguissa. You know, Anguissa's definitely going to go. He, he did last time, he will this time. He's a £30 million player who obviously wants to play at the top level. But I think Kenny Tete obviously wants to play at the top level. But I don't necessarily think that it will impact negatively on getting in the Dutch squad if he's in the Championship. Not not necessarily. Playing well. Especially as it will be after the after the tournament. So um yeah. it's not like it's not like that thing where you've got players who don't don't want to go near the championship the year before in an international tournament. Um and, and the thing is we've got to keep some of our players, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because all the loan players are going. There's a lot of loan players, seven or eight loan players, plus yeah. Mitrovic, plus Angisa, exactly. plus whoever's out of contract. Maybe Kearney will go as well if anyone will have him because I don't so, see him playing much of a part for us. So, so if, you're if right. we can convince, you know, I mean, Robinson, Tosin, Hector, Tete, Rodak, that's yeah. a decent championship back, back five to begin with, isn't it? If we can keep yeah. those together with, with Reed, Reed as one of the midfielders in front of him, like that's if we keep those together, that's a great spine of the team to begin yeah. with. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm still going to say we need Tosin, yes, but we need a new right back, center back. We have to have a yeah, new but right Hector, Hector was out. Hector was absolutely outstanding. Think of the playoffs last year. That tackle he made against yeah. Cardiff to clear the ball off the line was one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Unbelievable. But when he came into the Premier League, it, for some reason, whatever reason, his confidence was shot to pieces and he looked terrible. But in the Championship, when we saw him last season, I thought he was yeah. unbelievable. And let's not forget, we've also got... Congolo, if he's ever fit. Mawson, if he's ever fit. <laughs> Congolo and Mawson, what's the point? If they, were, if, they were, if they were racehorses, you shoot the pair of them. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to laugh when you said their names. I apologize no, no, to those two players. But, uh... I, I, wasn't entirely, I, was, I wasn't entirely serious about oh. suggesting they're going to ever play again. But could, could, could we I mean? splice their DNA together and maybe get one player? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. Oh well, at least at least we're still smiling in the face of adversity, lads. It's a good point tonight. A good good point at Manchester United, even though we're relegated. And we were just saying in the in the team chat beforehand as well. You know this this kind of running since we've been relegated has been, or this whole season actually, but particularly since we've been relegated, it's been crap and it's been a chore. To, to sit and sit through some of these matches. And at least last time, having been relegated, we, we won three games. We we won at, um, at home against Everton. We won away at Bournemouth for our first away game of the season. And then we, um, we beat Cardiff, which basically sent Cardiff down as well. Plus, we were going to the games as well. So we can have a bit of fun, you know, singing the relegation party and the kind of beach party at Bournemouth with all the inflatables being thrown around in the stands. And we, we just had a bit of fun with it. Um, but this time, it's like, oh, sitting watching it on my own from the sofa in front of a few fans that have, have got in the ground against Manchester United. You just think, oh, we're going to lose this. But at least we got a result. At least we got a draw. Um, it's not a win. But, uh, you know, you, I would never have expected us to win at Old Trafford anyway. But a, a draw is not a bad result, even though we've already been relegated. With that in mind, so taking into consideration the result and the starting lineup which was nonsense. Scott Parker ratings, please, chaps. I'll come to you first, Matt Dom. Uh, it's not an easy one to call, really, because no. there's no way that should have ended up with a result. But I think in spite of in spite of anything he did, <laughs> it did end up yeah. with a result. I don't think... But, but it was a draw at Old Trafford, so it can't be too harsh. So I'm going to go with a seven. 
baffling lineup. Um, subs didn't really have any impact at all, but some of the players that he he picked stepped up to the plate, and uh, yeah, and it got a decent result, even if even if it's a pointless result, really. Yeah, and how about you, Don? I don't know. I was really disappointed, uh, to be honest, with the lineup. Um, who knows why or really what he was doing. I'll give him a five. Um, I just feel blah, you know, me about the, the whole thing right now. So I can't be bothered yeah. to give him a rating. I know everybody wants him out. Yeah. It is what it is. No, uh, not everybody. Not everybody. I don't I necessarily want him out, but that's I, and I, I think you, you and I are the only ones in the chat that are on that page. I'm with you. I, I don't think it would be the right thing to get him out right now. So... I can see the arguments for and against, but I think that's probably a, a conversation for another time. Yeah, and we don't um, need to hash it out now. No, no, definitely not. Um, so w- bearing in mind, we normally do a reaction podcast and a preview podcast for the following game. There's not going to be a preview podcast as such for the Newcastle game, but we will put out a Lee, uh, Lee Clark in focus chat uh, between Danny and I as as the preview. With that in mind... Let's have a quick um, score prediction for that Newcastle game. Um, I think we're probably going to lose three um, nil. I think uh, <laughs> I, I, I think tonight tonight's performance papers over the cracks. I think if if they've got that um, Sam Maximan, whatever his name is, running at us against Tim Ream, um, then I, I think we're in trouble. Um, so yeah, I, I think we'll lose. But I'm I'm really looking forward to going to the game and being back at the cottage and seeing everybody again. Um, I think I think we probably win one nil. Say it's 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 not going to be an exciting finish. I think um, I don't, I don't know. It's the result that we probably it just remind us that uh, if only we were three points behind them, then we might have we might have got something out of this. But oh well, we're down by we're down by ten points still. Um, yeah, I think we probably win, but um, it's going to be it's going to be underwhelming. <laughs> Never heard you be so kind of downbeat about a potential win. Yeah, we're probably uh, going to win. I just, I just wish it was there wasn't one more game. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too, in a way. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I wish it was over now. What about you, Dom? What do you reckon? I, I, I wish, uh, you know, that sometimes we did this on YouTube, so fans uh, or listeners, not fans, but listeners, could at least see Matt Dom oh, sitting there. He's ru- rubbing his temples and he's rubbing his eyes, and he's just, you know, uh, do well, we have to talk about this? So, as, a, as I said I, earlier, gonna, I'll tell you it's, what. A, it's, it's a good job Baldo's not in. You don't want to see what he'd be rubbing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ding, ding, dong. Uh, I personally think I could see Fulham just doing something, you know completely foolish and they they end up winning 2-1 or something and you know the two goals will end up being uh Caballo uh, you know he'll do an, another goal uh, uh, get his second one and then we'll see something where like Brian again scores and he, I, all the Brian fans will come out of the woodwork saying I told you so why didn't he play more and why wasn't you know he on the field yeah. more so I, I guess I, it's I something crazy it, like that I said who it'll be it'll be Loftus Cheek and then it'll, it'll be, be an on goal. It'll be an on goal from Reem. Okay. <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be Angisa. Okay, Angisa. Both pinging him in from thirty yards, saying here. He'll bring goes. AK back real quick for the last match. Right, we're back in this, lads. Oh no, shit. Sorry. 
<laughs> but this is, the, the, only thing, the reason I'm so I'm just so kind of blasé about it is because this, this was supposed to be the game. This was the one. This was what we were all building up towards. You know, fans were back for one game only. And we only need to be within three points of Newcastle from the last game. And it was building up to this point. It was building up to Mitrovic scoring the winner against his old club. There were so many stories that could have been written. And no, 10 points relegated, at least. It's just it's just such a shame. Such a so, shame because it could have been so different. So with that in mind, that this is the last game and that fans will be in the stands, my question to the two of you, are, are both of you going? I'm not, no. Okay, so but Frenchie, you're going. Okay, so my question then is, uh, do you think the players will get booed at the end of the match when they do their little lap? Do you think Scott Parker will get booed, uh, you know, if he does his little around the, the thing lap? Uh, or, you know, or like somebody said in the chat, what was the, the German team where they put up a banner at the end of the match at the very end of the, the season that said, you have one hour to get out of town? Do, do you see something like that happening or will people clap? I think There's no way, no way. I think a lot of people would just leave before the lap of honour, uh, lap of honour in inverted commas, of course. Um, but no, I, I don't. I don't think people are angry enough anymore. We're, we're a long time dead, aren't we? And uh, I, I just, I, I think, I think it would be quite manufactured if people booed the team on their way round. And I'm just looking forward to being there again. And I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm quite negative about the way the team have been playing. I'm negative about the fact that we've been relegated, and I'm negative about. And, and angry with with some of the players, but on Sunday I'm just going to go and enjoy it because it's only. Like, I went to the Liverpool game and it's only the second time I've been all season. I love going to Fulham, I, I, even if we're the team's crap. You know, I've been in far worse times than this. I've been going since we were we were bottom of the league in you know Division Four back in back in the nineties, and you know they, they were really grim times. So I'm just looking forward to getting back. Um, well, I, I'll be, I certainly. Uh... So I'd be really be curious to hear uh, your, you guys talk about the new stand and how it's progressed and everything, now that you guys will be able to go back and see it firsthand and everything. So I'll, I'll know, look forward I, to that. When I went to the Liverpool game, I was so far on the right-hand side of the Hammersmith end. I was right up against the, um, the, the wall of the Hammersmith end. So I couldn't actually see the Riverside stand from where I was sitting. And you weren't allowed to move about because, you know, right in the middle of the pandemic, you know, you just had to go to your seats, put your mask on and sit still, basically. Um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And from what I've seen on the TV and in pictures, it, it looks stunning. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing it. Um, and I'd, I'd be disappointed if people do boo um, the team and Scott Parker as well. You know, it's one of the first opportunities a lot of people that are going to that game will have had to have seen the team since we got promoted at Wembley. And, you know, he, he did get us promoted. And a lot of those players did get us promoted. All right, it's gone pear-shaped this season, but... They're not bad players. They're they're not bad men in football. They've just had a bit of a stinker this season for whatever reason. Uh, it's gone wrong. So you know we we sit here and we pick it apart and we slag players off, but that's kind of our job. You know we try and build this show to be a, a few lads sat in the pub having a drink and just chewing the fat over Fulham. We don't profess to have any superior knowledge than anybody listening. We're just fans of, of Fulham, and we get angry and emotional about you know things that go wrong or things that go right uh, as much as the next person. And, and that's the best way I can put it. So fingers crossed we, we get a result on, on Sunday. I know I've said 3-0, but I, I don't expect anything in that way. Anything that we do get will be a bonus. I, I just hope that at some point between Newcastle and the beginning of next season, 
that the majority of fans will get behind the team and fully support the team, that it's not going to be like so divided like it is right now. You know what I mean? There's just so much division right now uh, between because of various things. The players not doing what they were supposed to be doing, not playing the way they were supposed to be playing. Scott, Tony Khan, whatever. I, I just really would like to see some positivity, especially before, you know, the first game. You know, Wish, wishful to- thinking. Division happens when things go wrong. It's just a fact of life, isn't it? People disagree when, you know, things things start to go wrong and things have been going wrong right from the first day of the season when we lost three 0 at home to Arsenal this yeah. season. We've we've never really recovered properly, have and, we? And we haven't got we haven't got the safe place of going to see the team every other week. That kind of brings everyone back together again, have we? Exactly. exactly. So I think I think that's the missing ingredient. People no, I don't think anyone's gonna boo because we're not we're not a bunch of dickheads, are we? Um, we, we're, we're generally a fan base with pretty low expectations. Um, if we'd have stayed, if we'd have come 17th, that would have been probably above most of our ambitions this season. The fact we've, we've, we've done it. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a fight towards the end is, is a disappointing thing, but no one can say that anyone didn't give their effort, put their, put the effort in. So yeah, we, we're not a bunch of idiots and I think they'll get a, a decent reception, especially the players who are probably going to be the last time we see him and if anyone you know if anyone does boo it's probably going to go down the same way as that stupid fucking protest that was arranged if a couple of weeks ago <laughs> where two people showed up and um <laughs> good good brilliant probably organized by three people and still only two of them showed up that's how shit that was so and the two were j-mac and morgan no <laughs> <laughs> Morgan protested about AK coming back to the club next season. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're almost done for the season. As I said, there's a Lee Clark in focus standalone podcast that will be out on Friday morning UK time, which will replace any need for us to bother chatting about the Newcastle game in any more detail. I'll be there at the cottage on Sunday. And despite the absolute whinge fest that has been the last few shows, as I said, I can't wait to get back in the ground. I'll race back to record the reaction pod with Baldo and Mark and that'll be out on Monday morning. If you're going to the game, then have a great time, and I'll see you there. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Fulham.